0: Good morning. Let us worship by turning your eyes upon Jesus, number 363. Good advice. And now we will have our call to worship.
1: Call to worship this morning is Psalm 25, verses 1 through 5. Unto Thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in Thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on Thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed, which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth, and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Amen.
0: Yes, amen. Amen. Let us continue to worship the Lord, singing number 282, Rejoice! The Lord is King. i Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, we have gathered here this morning together to worship you in your presence. We come to you because you are worthy of all that we are. And we ask you, please, we know your Holy Spirit is here. So would you please just help us to, um, you know, blot out. Um, to lay to one side totally and put away all the distractions of our life and of this world. And may we focus ourselves, body, soul, and spirit on you and you alone. May we open ourselves to what you want to do in us through your word as the Holy Spirit enlightens us and changes us in your presence, that we would be more and more like Jesus so that the world would see Jesus in us and turn to him. We ask in his name. Amen. And now, uh, if we will all take our bulletin inserts, let's pray together our prayer of confession. Our Father forgive us for thinking small thoughts of you and ignoring your immensity and greatness. Lord Jesus, forgive us when we forget that you rule the nations and our small lives. Holy Spirit, we offend you in minimizing your power in squandering your gifts, we confess that our blindness to your glory, O triune God, has resulted in shallow confession, tepid conviction, and only mild repentance. Have mercy on us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. And then I've got in italics, let's just take a moment and confess some of the times that we have fallen short of the Lord in his will this week. Amen. And let us always remember these words that the Apostle John gave to scattered, persecuted Christians when he was in his 80s, somewhere um, around 90 AD or so. If We confess our sins. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a double promise. What a wonderful promise. Amen. And let's continue to worship the Lord in song with two great truths. Number 169, I need thee every hour. In number 310 I know whom I have believe it is that the right number Yes Okay And now you may be seated for the reading of God's word.
1: scripture reading this morning is Matthew twenty-five verses one through thirteen, and Psalm forty-three verses three and four. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. This is Psalm 43. O send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, Oh, God, my God.
0: And now let us take our songbooks and turn in the back to number 626, the Nicene Creed, and let us recite together what we believe as well as who we believe in. We believe in one God, the Father begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. All right. Well, let us go to the Lord now in prayer. Lord God, we confess our need for you, not only for forgiveness, reconciliation, and restoration to your family, but to be filled and empowered with the love of the Holy Spirit, to know and to be always doing your will for us In the great task that you have given to your church, to be faithfully obeying Jesus' last command to us, as we are going about our ordinary day-to-day lives, we are to always be working with and for him to be making disciples of all the people we meet. And when his mission is complete, he will come again. So we are privileged and blessed to be able to hasten his return. And may we never take this privilege and blessing lightly. So teach us to always pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit and always be watching and looking for opportunities for him to speak through us to people who are with us. Throughout our days, we all need to seek to know Jesus so he will know us, not just of us, but know us through close communion with him. And we pray for our ever-shrinking world. Yes, we pray for the people of Ukraine. Please give them victory over Putin. But we also pray that you would topple these pervasive and oppressive systems of persecutions in countries like China, North Korea, and dozens of other less prominent nations. All these places where it is unsafe to say even the name of Jesus. And we pray for our own nation. We pray for President Biden, for Congress, for the courts. We ask in particular that the Holy Spirit will work in the hearts and minds of those who talk about faith in God and yet still support abortion in forms of immorality. This should not be. But as we pray for these people, please keep us humble before you because not one of us always acts and speaks consistent with what we profess to believe or in ways that are fully pleasing to you. And we pray for our church family. Please heal Joe's bone to the point where he can put weight on it by a week from tomorrow so he can begin therapy and go home. Please be with Nancy. Last I knew, we knew she was in Boston. Please give her healing from her break and from what happened in her shoulder. Please be with her family and all they do to support her. And please bless Ray and Everett. Please be with Allie. Give her relief and strength. And let her family know you better through her. We pray for Sally, Christine, Peter, Linda, Billy. Please give them strength and hope to do all you have assigned to them. And thank you. Thank you for Renato, and please be with him and his family. Thank you for the men who serve you in this church. We ask you will continue to fill them with the Holy Spirit. Charlie, Kurt, Peter, Ken, Joe, Ray, Robert. Father, we continue to lift up Al and Carol to you. You know their need. Um, We know that humanly speaking, it seems and feels impossible, but all things are possible with you. And we also pray for Darren and Noel this morning. Please continue to to bless them and and give them your peace. And uh, bless Darren as I believe today is his birthday. And please speak to all of us, yes and very much so to me, through your word. And help me to explain, interpret, and apply your truth accurately and effectively to work the changes in us that you desire. And now we come to you with one heart and one voice, praying the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now before we go to uh, God's word in more depth, let's sing one more song Come, thou long expected Jesus. It's appropriate for every hour of every day of the year, number one hundred eighty seven. we to see him as soon as possible, to be with him forever. Now, Jesus talked about his second coming many times in the Gospels, and he gave his followers many admonitions about what they should do as they continue and eagerly watched for his return. And also, the apostles who wrote the New Testament had much to say about his soon coming return, which is the blessed hope of believers in the glorious appearing of the Savior. So, in today's parable, Jesus teaches that those who want to celebrate his wedding feast with him must not run out of oil. Rather, they should always carry enough oil with them to keep their lamps burning all night long. Okay, what is oil? Let's go back to Moses. Oil was used to anoint Aaron and his sons after him to be priests in service to God. And as Jesus Church, we're told that we are a royal priesthood by the apostle Peter. We are to be anointed to serve him. Now let's come up to Jesus, and when he spoke the first time publicly in the synagogue and launched his ministry, what did Jesus say in that synagogue? He said that he had been anointed by the Spirit of the Lord for his ministry, as he quotes from the prophet Isaiah. And then when Peter preached to Cornelius and his family in Acts, the first non-Jews who became believers, he said that God had anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now, just from this, and there's many other places in Scripture, we may safely conclude that oil in scripture, symbolizes the Holy Spirit. So what is Jesus really teaching in this parable? The necessity of being continually, continually being filled with the Holy Spirit, okay, to be both prepared, for his return and to always be looking for him with expectation and excitement. So now let's look at the parable and the portion of the Psalm that we heard to fill out the truths of this general truth that we are to be continually filled with the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit. First, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like 10 virgins going out to meet the bridegroom with lamps. Five of them took inadequate oil. They were not ready and they were locked outside. So he says, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took lamps to meet the bridegroom, five foolish took no extra oil, but the five wise took extra oil. So let's look at it sentence by sentence. Jesus speaks and says, Then the kingdom of the heavens will be compared to ten virgins who, having taken their lamps, went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, the Apostle Paul teaches us that Jesus is the groom of the church, which has been betrothed to him, is engaged to him to be presented to him as a purified virgin. Now, the ten virgins in this parable are the bridesmaids for the church. Then Jesus continues or starts to give his parable, this story. He says, five were being foolish and five wise. For the foolish, having taken their lamps, did not take oil with them. So in this parable, we have a 50-50 split, half and half. Half were foolish. What does that mean in the Bible? It doesn't mean just, you know, ignorant and flighty. It's much worse than that. It means they have no thought of God and his ways. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God, but the other half were wise or thoughtful. That means they had both hearts and minds fully dedicated to God and his ways. Now, the foolish ones saw no need of having enough oil for their lamps to last through the night. They figured they were just going out. It would be over quick. We don't need to bring extra oil. But then Jesus says, the wise took oil in vessels along with their lamps. They wanted to be ready. Should the groom be delayed? They had reserves. They had Plenty of the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's them. It's in a parable. What about us here this morning? Are we determined to seek to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit so we are ready for Jesus all the days of our lives in this world? We should never let our guard down. Always, always, always be ready. Jesus' disciples are always ready for his second coming, for his arrival. Then Jesus says, adds a little plot twist, but the bridegroom tarrying, they all grew drowsy and they were sleeping. Now, Jesus does not tell us why the groom took his time and was slow to arrive for his wedding celebration. But we know the what. For whatever reason, he was delayed, he tarried. So after a few hours, the sun had set. All of these bridesmaids, they grew tired. They were drowsy. And it said they slept for a long time. They were sleeping and ongoing with sleeping, But then something happens, radical. At midnight, the bridegroom came with a shout. And the ten virgins, being awakened, trimmed their lamps. And the foolish demanded oil from the wise, who strongly refused them. Let's go sentence by sentence again. In the middle of the night, a shout was made. Behold! behold, the bridegroom, here he is. You all must go out to a meeting with this bridegroom. So by the middle of the night, they'd been asleep for several hours now. But suddenly a shout was made that woke up. And they are to behold the bridegroom. And then they are commanded to do the very thing they set out to do in the daylight. They're going to a meeting with the groom. And then all of these, all 10 of them, the virgins were roused and they trimmed their lamps. But the foolish said to the wise, you all must Give us out of your oil because our lamps are going out. They're being extinguished. So both the foolish and the wise were roused, were shaken awake. And now they are aware of their situation. And the foolish make a demand. Those who had no room for God in their lives are now demanding the thoughtful ones who knew the need for a continual supply of oil. They are now to put themselves at risk to cover their willful lack of preparation. It's a foolish Demand. And they continue and they say they now know they need more oil because their source of light is being extinguished. There's no oil and the lights are going out. But those, the wise, were given to answer. Notice this passive voice. It was given to them to answer. In other words, Jesus is saying, God gave them this word. This is God's word through these virgins. They said, never. There is no way. They used the strongest language available to them that we have enough for us and you. Rather rather you must go to the sellers and you must buy for yourselves so the wise realize that this request is impossible to fulfill and now they have a sufficient p- supply of oil but only enough for themselves They provided for themselves, but they absolutely do not have enough. They can't also supply those who were willfully negligent. They have no obligation. They're saying this, the Lord is saying this, through them to these people, you must buy. So they demand the foolish bridesmaids, That is a last resort. Why don't you go and try to quickly, quickly buy what you need and hurry back? Maybe you still have opportunity. Maybe you'll get to go in with the groom. In other words, they are saying, we are ready. But implicitly, implicitly, they're also saying, you should have been ready too. It's your responsibility So, again, this is the parable. Jesus told this 2,000 years ago. But what about us? Will we heed the words of these wise and thoughtful bridesmaids? The words that God is saying to us to always be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we have the desire and the strength to persist in the role that God has given us to make disciples of people of all of the nations to hasten the return of his Savior Son. That's Jesus' last command. That's what we are to be doing. We need the Holy Spirit to do it. Jesus' disciples, you see, are always ready for his second coming, for his arrival. Now we get... Where we've already seen the problem, and now we get the final word about it. The prepared versions enter with the bridegroom, and the unprepared are locked outside. So be prepared for the one who is the light and the truth. So Jesus continues as he brings this to a close. After the foolish leave, the bridegroom came, and the wise went in with him, with him to the marriage celebration. And then the door was locked. So those that were ready when the groom came because they had sufficient oil for their lamps. These wise and thoughtful bridesmaids were ready and they got to follow the groom into the wedding celebration while they still had the opportunity to do so. Again, now, what does this say about Jesus and us it will be the same with Jesus and us. If we are filled with his Holy Spirit and doing his will when he returns, if he should return before we die, as we said in the Creed, we will go in with him to his wedding celebration feast. Let us. Be prepared. Let us be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus' disciples are always ready for his arrival because he contrasts this and says, if we aren't ready, this door was locked before the foolish and unprepared bridesmaids returned with the oil they purchased. And Jesus spells this out now. But afterward, The other virgins also came saying, Lord, Lord, thou must open to us. The foolish ones, the ones with no regard for God, now realize on their return that by going away to purchase the oil, they should have already had and taken with them, the door has now been locked and they're excluded from the celebration and they panic. Now they call the groom Lord and they demand that he open to them. But Jesus goes on, and this is heavy, heavy, heavy. But having answered, he said, truly, I'm saying to you, I have not known you. Not known. The groom in the parable, Jesus is telling him that because of their disregard for God and their refusal to know him and his ways, understand this, their attitudes, and actions have kept him from knowing them. He says, I don't know you because of who you are and what you've done. And further, they arrive at this proper understanding of him too late to join him in his special day. So, I don't know who may be listening to me out on the internet, and who knows what's even happening sometimes in our own hearts. But if there is anyone, anyone who is putting off surrendering his or her will, if we're putting off surrendering our will to walk with God in humble, dependent faith We, if we're doing that, may suffer the same fate as these foolish bridesmaids. And that would be a horrible thing, to be excluded from this awesome and wonderful wedding banquet by not being continually filled with the Spirit. And Jesus concludes with this sentence, You have not known the day or the hour. Be prepared and wait for the light and the truth. And now I'm bringing in the psalm. So Jesus literally said, watch therefore, because you know neither the day nor the hour. So, Jesus is strongly warning everyone, including us here this morning. He is warning people to be continually watching for his return and to be ready for him by doing his will, being filled with the Spirit as a member of his church. And we must be ready at all times because no one knows. The time of his return. And he could be coming soon. And as crazy as it may seem to our human minds, he may even come today. Now, let's go to the psalm because I think it beautifully lays out who Jesus is. This is a psalm of the sons of Korah. These were the temple musicians through Haman, which means faithful, who was Samuel's grandson. And ultimately, they come from Kohath, Levi's second son, who was also the father of the high priest. And this is their prayer, their request of God. Thou must send out thy light and thy truth, and they will guide me and bring me to thy holy mount and thy dwelling place. Now, both God and Jesus, because Jesus is God, the whole trinity are both light and truth. And then there's an interesting word here. It says, you know, that we uh, may go to thy dwelling place. The biblical word for dwelling is shakan. And some of you, if you ever attended, especially a Pentecostal church or certain other Bible believing churches, may have heard this term, Shekinah glory. It means God's continuing glory dwelling with his people, his ever present glory. And all throughout Scripture, as part of the covenant, God desires to dwell with his people. And then the second verse we heard says, And I will go to the altar of God, to God my rejoicing of joy using strong synonyms, and I will praise thee with a stringed instrument, God my God. Now, you know, I don't think of this very often, but it came to me when I was pulling this sermon together The altar is the place where we offer ourselves in service to God, okay? This is our spiritual form of worship. We go to God's altar as living sacrifices. And the result of receiving God's light and truth in order to serve him is joy, great joy, the rejoicing of joy. We just receive delight from God. So God's light and truth, which are Jesus Christ, that's our delight. So again, we should be delighting in him and eagerly expecting and being excited that he's coming. He's coming soon. He might come today. And then it says, stringed instruments of praise. Now, in the days when the Psalms were written, the most common stringed instrument was not a guitar, but a harp. So the joy and excitement of God's dwelling presence And his light and his truth. People think about it. That's all we need to always be ready and prepared for Jesus arriving at his second coming. Jesus' disciples are always ready for and excited at the prospect of his second coming. So let's just wrap this up. Jesus tells the kingdom of heaven parable about foolish and wise bridesmaids to warn his disciples to always have an abundance of oil with them because they cannot know when he will come and call them to his great wedding celebration, Revelation 19. So they must be filled with the Holy Spirit and delighted by his light and truth. Jesus' disciples are always ready for and excited at the prospect of his second coming. That's what this whole morning has been about. And let's conclude our worship with this prayer, Nearer My God to Thee, number 437. Amen. Well, that song, as you probably know, is um, a musical um, interpretation of a very eventful night in the life of Jacob, who was a schemer, and he was on the run from his brother who meant to kill him, and he was going to his uncle Laban. And it was a long journey. And in this particular night he just lay down under the stars. He used a stone for a pillow. And then the Lord appeared to him and reiterated the promise he had given to his grandfather, Abraham, and his father, Isaac. And uh, Jacob, when he woke up after this vision, he said, Surely the Lord was present with me, and in the King James, I wist it not. I I was not aware of it before I went to sleep. And he was so impressed by this encounter with God. He named the place Bet-El, which in Hebrew is house of God. He said, this is now the house of God. And then I wanted to, I got excited because knowing what everything was about this morning and the parable, my little memory, you know, I mean, I've read the story 50 times and I said, now wait a minute. He took that stone and he set it up and then he anointed it with oil. And there's the anointing oil. Again, in a different situation in the Bible and not trusting myself, I opened the word of God and there it was. So another anointing. It's all throughout scripture. It's all about God. He desires to be the God with us wherever we are, even in a forsaken place where we're all alone and in despair. So with that, Let us hear this benediction from Isaiah. And and it's just a wonderful verse that many of us know, but here's the context. Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and the justice do me escapes the notice of my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creators of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary. And to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired... And vigorous young men stumble badly. Yet, those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. I think this is one of the greatest promises in all of Scripture, and it's for us. So as we prepare to end our time of worship and go about our week serving God and filled with the Holy Spirit, let us remind ourselves we are always on holy ground. Number 83.